Well, alrighty then. Ben, you'd be really proud of me. Guess what I had today? Uh, physical training. A white claw. Yeah? No way, not... man. Hey, low speaking carbs, of that noise. Low, low calories. Hold on. Speaking of that noise that you wanted to filter out, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Oh, there you go. This ain't yeah, no white nobody's, claw. Nobody's talking, though, so it's fine. Oh, okay. I only do it if it's interrupting someone speaking or speaking. Guys, you know what's cool is I'm actually using my uh, little what's it called the um, Festool Cool Tainer. <gasps> what? Ooh. Yeah, my Cool Tainer. What the hell is that? It's a sustainer that's a cooler. <laughs> it's a sustainer that you just put ice in. No, 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 no. It's actually it's a cooler a thermal liner. Ben, it's been in my on. shop every single time you've come over here. Let me see yeah. it. Wow. Is it blue? Yeah. You don't have one, Ben? No. Let me yeah. see the inside. Yeah. You sons see. of bitches. Yeah. Yeah. You've been holding that on me. That was a promo item, I think, in 2013, 14. Shit, I don't even think we were born then. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> You're so old, get it? That was a joke about your age. <laughs> Whatever. All right. So, big things have happened in the last week. You bought another us. motorcycle. No. No, something bigger Something bigger than that, guys. You bought a, a car? Hold, no. Hold the phone, Ben. Wait. Wait, hang on. I'm holding the phone. Hold the phone. I think, well, let's clarify something real quick. Because by the time this episode comes out, right... It'll have been out for a while. So, but I want to clarify something because on the first two episodes, I talked about we only have one level on Patreon. Yeah. But that's not true, everybody. We actually have five because we let Ben uh, get a hold of it. And <laughs> he actually had 15, uh, 15 levels. levels there, one through $15. <laughs> and so we had to tone it back a little bit. So I we really have more than one. People, I really wanted everybody to have a choice, you know? Right. But we do appreciate So from this point forward, we have more than one tier. I just want to make that clear. Ben, please proceed with what your your announcement. Yeah, so um, at the time of this recording, we, we've already recorded the first two episodes, or we've already released the first. The second one is being released this Friday or this in a few days from this podcast. <clears throat> and within 24 hours, we had 10 patrons. Nice. Wow. Yeah, and so first of all, huge thank you to all of our patrons, every yeah. single one of them. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, we we sincerely appreciate uh, your patronage, and we really appreciate the feedback that we've gotten from uh, each and every one of you. Um, like the the podcast would be more challenging without without your help, uh, a lot more challenging without your help. So, <laughs> for every for every patron that is at the three dollar tier or above, they get their own personal shout out. Um. The first time that they become a patron. And so for this episode, episode three, we would like to thank the following patrons again who are at the $3 tier or higher. John Decker, Jerry from GA Woodshop. I'm guessing that's Georgia Woodshop. It's not. No? No, it is not. Okay. So Jerry at GA Woodshop, thank you. <laughs> I used to think John the same thing. That's why. Jonathan Feminella. Oh. Chad at Hickory Custom Builds. John Heck Jr. and Seth Keedle. Thank you so much for becoming patrons. 
and uh, we can't wait to, to hang out with you guys on the Patreon page. Thanks, guys. Yes, thank you so much. A lot yeah. of familiar names. Quite a few of those are um, patrons over on my channel. Well, we definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, Ben, now that we have all these patrons, what color Ferrari did you order? <laughs> Purple. I, I went with red. <laughs> yeah. Sedge, what color did you what color Ferrari did you order? I got a new pencil. Oh, cool. <laughs> I mean we can we can afford it now. Sedge oh, doesn't get Jason Sedge doesn't get the same cut that we get. Oh, true. Good point. Oh Good point. I feel a little left out. If I remember correctly, I think it was a ninety nine and one split. <laughs> Which would explain the pencil. Yeah. No, it's I mean, great. We have enough money to pay for Zoom and enough money to pay for the hosting platform. This is fantastic. It, it's a nice it's a nice pencil. It is a really Actually, nice pencil. We have it's enough to pay for pen. Zoom and that's and that's about it. Well, it's good. No, it is and good. Like I said, it's a new microphone for you because that thing looks weird. My microphone? Looks, yeah, it almost looks like you're talking into a, a white claw can. Actually, if I just played with perception a little bit, I could make oh, it look like. Look at that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Today's podcast you. is sponsored by White Claw. White Claw. Hit us up, White Claw. <laughs> we'll, all get, we'll all get White Girl wasted on the podcast. Actually, that's kind of <laughs> cool looking. I'd leave that. Yeah. <laughs> sponsored by White Claw. Just take a, this, just take a piece this of podcast, a tape. This podcast is sponsored by White Claw and Saw Stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Two things that should not mix together. No, to, definitely. To be completely not. to be completely fair. Jason, what did what did you get started on this week? You finished the bathroom. Uh yes, I'm done with the bathroom. The bathroom is a wrap. Minus like, you know, some small uh like laundry hamper that kind of stuff little things i, I have a couple shelves that i need to make but we're just not 100 percent sure on where we want to do them so it's like the finishing touches but the the main stuff in the bathroom is done and i am so glad but um how's the ceiling I'm, look uh good except it's completely obvious because the guy that helped me like totally screwed it up <laughs> you didn't pay him did you no i didn't pay. i paid him with beer yeah <laughs> i think i gave him too many beers before did he you, did it <laughs> did you pay him up front because yeah, I should get my money back. No, I'm just kidding. No, it turned out great. Looks awesome. Um, especially once we painted it up, looks fantastic. I mean, you can tell that it's that it's a patch job just because the pattern is slightly different. But I mean, it looks it looks great. I'm, I'm we're super happy with it. There's actually a couple other areas in the house where you can tell the previous owners um, had to do some sort of, of you know patchwork or something, and it looks like they just took a sponge and plopped it up on the ceiling, and it, it doesn't look anything like it. So. Um, it, it, it turned out fantastic. Um, we're really happy with it. I do have one issue, kind of issue. It's not really that big of an issue. Um, but again, this was a big learning experience for me, but the curb. Uh, the curb, I did not put enough of an angle mm. pointing back into the shower. And I could have sworn for the life of me when I set that thing up, I did that. But what happened was when I put the tiles on with the thin set underneath it, I didn't... I didn't pay as much attention to it. So what ended up happening is it almost leveled itself out. Um, it still does have a slight slope, but we don't have water leaking out of the shower or anything like that. Are you talking about the very, the top of the step? The Correct. Angle the top of the curb. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
um, water is pooling there a little bit, but it's not leaking out. But when we go to open the door, it pushes some of the water onto the floor, but the bath mat catches all of that. So um, nothing I'm concerned about. Um, but again, it's definitely something I'll pay a little bit more uh, close attention to in the future when I'm doing the tile portion. Because um, I was all about it when I before I put the tile on it. I made sure that it had a good slope, but then when I put the tiles on uh, with the thin set underneath it and everything, it kind of, I wasn't paying as much attention to it. So, but I'm glad that's done, and I have, uh, I'm finalizing the design for the new table, uh, and I will be building that this week. And then um, another thing I was trying to talk to you about this weekend, Sedge, but um, Eric, uh, Eric Gorgeous, yeah, uh, and I are starting that project oh. for the outdoor table, and mm. I'm building the. Top and you guys have been talking it. about that for a while. Yeah, we, he. I I want to say he already started. I mean, by the time of this podcast, he'll probably be done. But um, I got to build the top for that, uh, which is very easy. It, I'm just building the top and, and cutting a, a hole out. But I kind of need his measurements uh, when he's done to kind of be uh, solidified before I do that. So uh, those are the two things that I'm going to be starting now. Uh, and then I got some um, cabinet videos here that I'm going to be doing for uh, YouTube, kind of in between the other videos that I already have scheduled. So. That's what I'm doing. I'm just excited to be back out in the shop. When, when start you, actually woodworking again. Are you heading up to Eric's shop in Detroit? Yes, that's what I want to talk to you about. So, okay, um, because I, I talked to you about you and I both going up there. Um, so it'll probably be in a couple of weeks. You know, the next, I'd say the next three or four weeks, maybe. Oh, okay. And my idea is we just head up there on a Saturday. Okay. Uh, in the morning and get a little bit of footage of putting everything together and then we'll bring it back down the next day, but we'll stay the night up there probably, you know, play poker or something like that and <laughs> head back. So now you're talking, I haven't played poker in years. Yeah. He's a great guy. Oh, so he's, he's wicked cool. Hands I'm, down. One of the most interesting people I've ever met. Yeah, so I'm, met I'm glad that he asked my, uh, my wife and I were watching. Um, we got hooked on a craftsman's legacy when it was on uh, PBS. And uh, I'll never forget. I was like, at a uh, woodcraft vendor show once and i was there first thing in the morning and he was as well and he came over and started talking to me and i went oh my god you're the dude from craftsman's legacy and he goes i am and he goes you're you're sedge and i was like oh my god this is really weird <laughs> I, I i had to do a selfie uh and i sent it to marianne my wife and she freaked did both of you guys out. faint it was just he's just one of the most down-to-earth oh, yeah. dudes you want to meet. You see that in that um, show, his show, A Craftsman's Legacy. He's he's really he's into it. He's into working with your hands, and he owns voodoo choppers. Yeah, I mean this guy is the coolest, and I I enjoy every moment I get a chance when I talk to him. So I'm so, really excited to go up there with you. <laughs> Yeah, funny. He he sent he reached out to me a long time ago on Instagram before WorkbenchCon and sent me a copy of his book, yeah. and which I, I feel terrible about that I still haven't read because I just I I never read. It's I, a it's a must read. I read it from cover to cover. He sent me one, and Rick he sent one too. I've I've got that I want to read, and then I've got uh, that book that Trent Presler just came out with, um, talking about how he ended up building his first canoe and all that stuff. Anyways, I, I have those books and I'm, I'm really excited about reading them, but I just, I have such a hard time <laughs> dedicating time to read it. Anyways, I met him at WorkbenchCon and I remember I, I talked to him for like four hours yeah. one night 
right outside of the bar. And I'm just sitting there like just one of the most interesting people. I actually want him to be, um, I think I may have talked to you guys about this before, but when we do have guests on uh, 100%, he's at the top of my list oh, for somebody for sure. to, to come on here. Just a very interesting person. But anyways, what about you, Ben? What, what have you uh, been working on? Um, I've been working on my motorcycle. Actually, no. Um, the last the weekend that we just had was the last softball tournament for my kids. And so it's finally over. It's finally over. It was a traveling softball league. Oh, man. Yeah. I was, I was at a softball field for 15 hours on Saturday. I mean, that's, that's not really that long. There's 24 hours in a day. It's not like that. <laughs> wow. So I'm, uh, I'm really glad that, that that's over now. And um, Jen and I went to we went to Key West last week, and we had a blast there. That was a lot of Can't fun. Hide money. Thanks, patrons. <laughs> wow. Man, I'm no, going to rethink that no, pencil of mine. Patrons yeah. are paying for the Bahama trip. That's coming in, in a couple weeks. Oh, that ain't right. Um, but no, Wait, I, I started... Oh, I was like, are you being serious right now? You went to Key West, now you're going to Bahamas? No, just joking. Golly, I need to Or get... am I? Yeah. <laughs> I need to get retired. I need to get retired. No, but I started reaching out to vendors today for um, for Poplar and trying to find a, a regional distributor for light, ultralight MDF. So just waiting to hear back pricing quotes from a couple people so that I can start on... The uh, the sliding door for Jen nice. now that now that travel is all complete, but um, yeah, just waiting for my kids to, to finally start school, so that I can actually have time to do stuff. So <laughs> they start next week, which well, I'm you, so ready. For. You're starting there, school too soon. Isn't there isn't there a fall softball traveling league? Yeah. Um. No. <laughs> if there is, my kids will never hear about it. <laughs> Oh, cool. But uh, but yeah, my school starts in about in about three weeks, but that's enough time for me to get kind of get rocking on some stuff. But that's all I've been doing is just pretty much vacation. So, Sedge, what have you been up to? Oh, I took the day off from work today. That's nice. <laughs> I was I was sitting trying to think of what day it was. Like today's Monday. Monday right? Yeah, I took the day off. Awesome. I'm getting ready to travel again. Uh, but I uh, oh, that's right. I, t- I turned some uh, knobs on my lathe today. For, uh, actually, tool handles for a new uh, uh, coping bow slash frame saw. I'll be doing some content on. Uh, we're gonna make a couple of those saws, uh, modeled after an antique uh, saw that my dad gave me many many moons ago. Uh, what else? Uh, getting ready to go to JLC Live. Uh, leave Wednesday, set up Thursday, and we're going to be there uh, Friday and Saturday. And then, after the show and pack up, I drive north with our sales manager, and I go on vacation to visit my sister and brother-in-law in Maine, where I'm originally from. So that'd yeah, be cool. Not Boston, everybody. He's not no, from Boston. He's no. from Maine. Yep. Yep. Say so park I'm- the car in Harvard Yard. There's a response I usually give to that, but I'm not going to give it tonight. <laughs> Although we do have creative editing, I'm going to be a nice guy. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm so excited. I haven't seen my sister in two years. 
And yeah. uh, when I told her I was coming up, she started crying. And uh, it's it's really, I, I just, I'm, I'm so excited. Unfortunately, my wife's not going to join me, which is kind of a drag, but we'll, uh, I'll be a bachelor up in Maine again. <clears throat> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'll be a bachelor the entire month of September. Woo! So... She's going back to the fatherland. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're going to have to try that Ale Emporium out. The Uber's not too far back to your house from there, is it? No. <laughs> but I do find that if you do drink and drive, the faster you drive to get off the road, the better. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it's, guys, mm-hmm. it's science. It's <laughs> science. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, the Green Shooters podcast does not advocate drinking and driving. I just want to make that clear. But we do That's advocate sure. drinking and podcasting. Yes, absolutely. And drinking and operating heavy machinery. Like a song. No. Right. Yep. yep. Oh, wait. No, we're not. Is that against We're sponsored. Opinion? It's a sponsor. Sponsored. Uber hit today's us podcast, up. Today's <laughs> podcast is sponsored by your local ER department. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What are we talking about today, Ben? It's your it's your topic. T- today's topic, man. This is this has been one that it it's one that baffles me. But after thinking about it, I can kind of see where some people come from when they ask this particular question. But and it's it's happened to know to you, Jason. I'm pretty sure it's happened to you as well, Sedge. But there's this one question that I get, whether it's on Instagram or on YouTube, which is and they're coming from a good place. It's like, what tool should I get next? Like that is the hardest thing to answer, right? It's almost impossible to answer because it's like, what do you do? You know, you you can't just ask what tool should I get next? And so to me, when I hear someone ask that, that just tells me that they're completely new to woodworking Mm -hmm. because I think that as you get more experience and you kind of know what you need for your shop, the question changes to between these two tools, which one do you think I should get? Or I have this particular problem. Should I get this or should I get that? It becomes like a comparison question. And so the topic is, you know, what do you do? Like, what is your process for deciding what tool to get next? Like, what are the, what, what are the, the, the Venn diagrams that you kind of go through that helps you to determine which one you're going to get next or what tool you're going to get next. Like I have my own reasons for getting the tools that I get. And I'm sure that each of y'all have, you know, completely separate reasons for getting it. Right. And so I, I think to kind of really break this down and so that we can have an actual topic of it is let's, let's talk to the very beginning woodworker. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone that is just now getting started. Like they, they may have done one project, their their significant other asked them to make something. They just made it and it's like, holy crap, I really love doing this. Cause I think that's how most of us kind of got started. We made one thing and I was like, Oh wow, I want to keep doing this. Like this was fun. And so for again, for the beginning woodworker, you know, how do you kind of get started on determining what, what tools you should be getting next? So Sedge, whenever you started, because you started building with your pops, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So, this is, yeah. so I, I, I think Sedge, like Sedge is kind of 
journey that may be different because Sedge, you may have already had access to a lot of tools. Whereas, mm, I mean, to be fair, I, half the tools that are out nowadays weren't out when he was uh, got started woodworking. Let's make that clear. You know, I can. I'm, I'm going to refrain from answering or retaliating on that. I mean, there's a reason why you love hand tools so much because when you started, <laughs> that's the only thing that was around. It Don't respond his taunts. Said. So She's when we when we first started looking at this topic, I have some notes here, and I'm glad you clarified it right in the beginning. Um, because I could say, hey, you need this, 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 and this if you're setting up shop. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and in the beginning, I didn't. Okay, so where I'm at now, duh, 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 but I'm, I'm, I'm going back and forth today and thinking, okay, am I talking to someone setting up the shop or I'm talking to somebody who has just about everything? What's your next tool purchase? Okay. And that's – and. and- and we'll, we'll get into that because I think that it is a different frame of or a different way to approach it. Someone that has already been doing it, uh-huh. right? Yep. Okay. Because so. it, it's it's almost an impossible question to answer because mm-hmm. like that there's so many things that that go into that. You can't just say what tool should I be getting? Again, to me that just tells them that they're inexperienced, that they don't really know, and that they you know they think that there's there's like this the set standard of tools that every woodworker has, mm-hmm. which that is completely not the case at mm-hmm. all. And mm-hmm. so that's what I want to kind of dispel was there is no set standard. You know, I, I think that there are a few things that every person probably does. There's probably some, some overlaps, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I am in the midst of working on sedge tool with, uh, Big D, his name's Derek, and he's setting up a shop. And I know what he has. Um, he has a lot of Festool, and that and that's how we started Sedge Tool. He was buying a lot of Festool. I said, what are you building? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> he goes, I go, do you know about woodworking? He goes, no, but you're going to teach me. <laughs> oh, my God. And I got wrestled into it a little bit. But then I started came, thinking, came for the horse on that one. Why don't we? Made a good why don't Why don't we film this as I'm teaching you some basics? So I know he needs right now a thickness planer. Mm-hmm. Okay, because he's looking at raw stock or he's looking at some reclaimed stuff, and he needs to thickness the wood, clean it up a little. Yeah. Okay, that's a must. Now his decision was. <clears throat> Should and I get this every day at Festool. Hey, and and it's from pros too. They don't want to lug a table saw out to the job site. Okay, should, and he's trying to say, think, should I get a table saw? And I go, no, you get a track saw, you get the parallel guides, mm-hmm. you got an MFT for your cross cutting. Okay, and I didn't mean to take this right to Festool, but he doesn't need that. He's got really limited space, and that's the yeah. other thing. When somebody's sh- setting up shop. What space are they in? Okay, so it's it it can be tough sometimes because you got to know that in your right, Ben, that individual. Mm-hmm. You got to know what they have already, what they're looking at. So my next thing for him was, hey, get a thickness planer. Now for me, I have a thickness planer. Okay, but the one thing I was missing in my shop here at the house that I really needed and I missed it from my other shops. Okay, because I have everything else. Okay, is I needed a bandsaw. 
and I did a ton of research. So when somebody's to get back to the question is new tool purchase, I coach everybody. Do your research, do more research, and do a lot more research. Okay? Ask questions of people. Reach out to people you can trust on Instagram. Okay, say hey. And I think that's one of the things that maybe we were getting around about is um, is it a, a new tool overall or a decision between what uh, what size of bandsaw for me or what brand the, the of bandsaw? The comparison question. The comparison, comparison question. question. Hey, what yeah. are you using in your shop? I need to know. And what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. See, that's, that is a more specific question that you can give a specific answer. Mm-hmm. It's just that, that general, what tool should I get next? It's like, I can't answer that. Yeah. You know, and but and that's a that's a tough thing is neither can they. Yep. And and that's why I wanted to talk about it because I'm I'm 100% positive that there are so many people out there that are, you know, like I I learned woodworking through YouTube. I have yep. zero formal training whatsoever. Everything that I know how to do with woodworking, I learned by watching videos or consuming content. And so it's very um, overwhelming when you're first starting out and you see these. Uh, very influential channels or maybe channels where they're making really good stuff and you see you know behind them an entire shop full of tools and you're, and you're just thinking I have to get all that to make stuff and yeah. like you don't you know so well, Jason like yeah so Jason I, and I know that you get that question a lot what, how do you respond to that question when you get it I, I mean I can answer the question for him <clears throat> and I have a video about this on my YouTube channel. I actually did a video specifically about this topic, which is why I'm actually excited that you picked it. Um, it's one of the most common questions I get. I agree with everything you guys said, everything, ditto to all of it, but I can answer it for them, right? And I thought about this for a long time and I finally got to the point when somebody asked me, what tool should I get next? And, and usually it's, I get messages and it's, and this is what the message says. Hey, Jason. Uh, wonder if I could get your advice. I currently have a shop and I now have a table saw, a drill press, a jointer, uh, a track saw, blah, 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 blah. What tool should be next? Which in my opinion, like you guys, I think it's an absolutely ludicrous question. Yeah. I think it's ludicrous, but that tells me, but I understand where they're coming from because I was there, mm-hmm. but I understand that they are looking at it from the perspective, and you just talked about this, Ben. I'm a woodworker. I have to have these tools to be a woodworker. Yeah. Um, my question to anybody, and, and for me, the answer is pretty simple, and I, I know we'll get to other topics. Um, it boils down to the next tool you should buy is not a tool that's on a list. It is not a tool that makes you a real woodworker in quotations, which I cannot stand that saying. Um, It's none of that. There is no formula to have a complete shop. There is no formula. Like somebody that's only making cutting boards for a living does not need a domino, Mm -mm. right? But there might be some people out there like everybody has a domino, I need one. That's ridiculous, you don't need that. My question is, tell me what tool that if you had today would make the biggest impact on what you do. It's, so to me, it doesn't matter what they do in their shop. I don't even need to, to dive into that much, right? If, if you could pick any tool right now that would, 
maximize your efficiency and throughput and the speed in which you build things or, or make the processes faster, what tool would that be? And they'll, they'll say, it would be this. That's your next tool, period. Mm -hmm. Not a bandsaw because you think you need a bandsaw, not mm -hmm. a drill press because you think every woodworking shop needs to have a drill press. If you're a cabinet maker, right? And a track saw is the one thing that is going to uh, drastically increase your efficiency or a contouro or, you know, any edge banding machine or, or, you know, a line boring machine or something like that. If there's any, if that is what you and your business is going to be made better by that tool, that's the tool you get. Mm -hmm. I think what people, there's two, there's two traps that people fall into. And the first one we've already addressed, and that is I'm a woodworker. I think I need to have these woodworking tools in my shop, joiner, planer, bandsaw, table saw, all that stuff, right? Yeah. I need to have all of them um, because my shop won't be complete until I have them. Not true, right? The second trap that everybody falls into is I have $1,000 that I can spend. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the woodworking store and I'm going to go there and I could buy this tool that I really need or I could spend that $1,000 and buy... 16 things that I don't really need, but I'm getting way more for my money. Mm -hmm. And I know that those are the two because you, me, Sedge, probably at one point, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a woodcraft or a rockler or Highland woodworking. And it was like, okay, I need this, but man, for that same money, I could buy this sled and this set of drill bits and mm. this sandpaper and these dominoes. And this finish. I mean, yeah. and you, you've seen it, Jason, at the Festival Factory. They sprinkle cocaine inside the cis standards before they ship yeah. them out. And that's, and that's why it's a problem. It's why that's why I have that's all why they smell festival. so good when you open them up. Okay. That's right. You smell like, oh, my God. I got one for you. You get that dopamine hit, you know? I got one for you. You ever been to look through a online catalog or a catalog – and ordered or gone into a, a local store and ordered a router bit set because it was a oh good God. deal. Oh, yeah. oh God. Good okay, choice. so out of those 10 bits, terrible. how many did you actually use? Like one or two. Yeah, so that's what I'll coach people all the time. Do not buy the sets no, that... because you're, you're not going to use I only bought – I've always – I've never bought a router bit set. I've always, oh, oh, yes, I have. I bought a rail and style set because I use both of those bits. Okay? But I, I always bought individual bits. Early on, my mentor, he said, no, you don't need sets. Go get individual bits because you're only going to use a couple out of there. Ra and router bits is the impulse things that router, yes, manufacturers do. Yes, 100%. Router bits is the perfect example. And I'm so glad you brought that. Yeah, you can go on Amazon right now and get one of those yellow router bit sets for like 100 bucks, and it comes with the 500 bits, right? Or whatever, however many oh, bits God. it is. Now, they're all trash. They're all junk. But mm -hmm. there might be one that you might you may get one use out of, and it's that rare occasion that you need it. Sure, there's, there's some benefit to that. However, router bits is that perfect, absolutely perfect example. And this was definitely me. I would go, and I'd be like, Router bits are relatively expensive. And I would stand there in front of the router bit cabinet at Rockler or Woodcraft or wherever I went. And I'd just be looking at them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ooh, I need that bit. Ooh, that would be kind of cool. And you use them once. I had router bits. I gave everything that wasn't, once I ended up partnering with Bits and Bits, 
and I like Whiteside's router bits, period, right? That like that's my favorite. And I had a bunch of Freud bits, and I actually donated them to a local woodworker before I moved. And I was going through like all of these Freud bits that I bought early on, whether it was at Home Depot or wherever they're available, because they're everywhere. And I remember opening and like never been used. I bought them. I spent the 20, 30, 40 dollars, however much they cost. I bought them thinking that I needed them mm-hmm. and then never used them. And I just gave them away to somebody else. I, but I would, router bits I would, is the perfect example. Yeah. I, and like I would buy things thinking, oh, I can make this with this. I can make this with this. Mm-hmm. And I literally never had the time to do it, mm-hmm. to, to use it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's impulse buying. And mm-hmm. that's why I said earlier, because I used to be an impulse buyer, I, I, I sit back and I have a cooling off period before I buy stuff. Like I had a list today with two or three things. Most of them were just pots. But I said, okay, you know what? Do I really need those right now because I'm going out on the road? No. I didn't order them. I was going to order them on Amazon. And I said, you know what? They're just going to sit here until I get back. It's, I'm always looking now to buy a tool, if I need a tool, okay, to <laughs> as project-based. Okay? Absolutely. My first bandsaw, and I have this written down, my first bandsaw I bought. And God, that was something like 30 years ago. Um, I took the Mrs. Uh, furniture shopping. And she said, can you make that? I go, yeah, but I need a bandsaw. <laughs> she goes, okay, go get the bandsaw. Yeah. Think about it. Uh, the, the piece of furniture was really expensive. I built that piece of furniture for the cost of the bandsaw. It, it, you know, it, I worked it into it. And back then I started realizing, you know what? I don't, there's a lot of stuff I don't need. Now, mm-hmm. did I inherit a lot of hand tools? Yes, from my father. Gross. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know you don't like hand tools, but I get, I use a lot of hand planes. You get a lot of sweet planes, though. Yeah, but you know what? I Most of my hand tools uh, are inherited. I, I still buy some, like I bought a, because um, I needed it for larger tenons, and that was... A year and a half ago, and I still haven't used it for the larger tenons. I use it for everything. I bought a bad a bad axe uh, handsaw, and it's worth every penny because um, I'll need that for these larger tenons on a project coming up. So, you know, could I do it with other power tools? Eh, but it's not going to be as accurate that I can do it with a handsaw. I mean, that's yeah, see, a whole other that's a whole other conversation. Like. Mm-hmm. There's so many See, things. I'm, Ben's right. You you can do tons of different things with minimal tools. A tool is a tool. It just makes certain things easier. Like I'm I'm the opposite of that, Sedge. Like that's what I used to do. Like I would be in the middle of doing a client build and I would be thinking, man, if I had this, mm-hmm. this it would make this this one step so much easier. Mm-hmm. And so I would go out and I would buy that tool. Like perfect example is a scroll saw. Like mm-hmm. I just, I had to, I had to cope. Uh, I was making a, a custom stool for somebody and I had to cope some holes out. And, um, I was like, man, if I had a scroll saw, this would be so much easier. Like it would, it would just be faster, not necessarily mm-hmm. better, just faster. Cause yeah. I had to do it, I had to do it at an angle. And so I went out and bought, you know, two, $300 scroll saw and I used it once, never touched it again. Mm-hmm. And 
and it, it kind of burned me because it's like, okay, well now I've got to sell this because I don't like, so for, for the listener, I have a rule for myself, which is the one year rule. If I don't use it in a year and it, and it doesn't have a significant like emotional value to it, I get rid of it. So that's why Ooh. I don't have, that's why I don't have a lot of stuff in my, could do that. in my workshop, <laughs> in my workshop. Like I, I, I love having, I love having a minimal workshop. Like every tool that I have, I use it on every project. Like every single tool, and I don't have a whole lot of tools, but but that's what would happen is is that would happen because I, I did all custom furniture. Like none of the things that I did were necessarily the same. There were a few Etsy shop items that were the same, but pretty much everything else was like custom design, custom built, and so I, I would just be you know feeling the stress of delivery of a project, and it's like, man, I really need to get this done quick, you know, because I was still active duty military. I had you know family, kids, all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, I would just have this a shop full of tools that I didn't really use a whole lot, mm-hmm. and I had I was I had minimal space, and so I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna. I, I kind of had to change the way that I got tools where I wouldn't do it just because I had a project coming up. Now I think you're a little bit different, Sedge. Like you're doing it a little bit of like you're kind of getting ahead of it, right? You yeah. know the project that's coming up, you know what you're gonna need. Whereas I would be in the middle of something like, man, this is taking forever. I like what can I what can I get that's gonna like save me time and so that I would go out and buy it. But that just that just led to me having a lot of regret about the tools that I had. Mm-hmm. Um and so I- we, we had a, a rule down at my shop, Mikey and myself, my business partner. If we could save time, let's just go get it. And then when you make that purchase, like $1,300, $1,400 on a hinge boring machine, okay, it was a no-brainer because we had to order, I think, 500 sets of uh, hinges, Celiche hinges, and they uh, Ooh, they, gave a, yeah, they gave us a yeah they gave us they gave us down in Florida oh no but it was I'm a deal with Celiche from Trend and they said <clears throat> we'll give you a great deal on this uh, hinge board machine oh my God we were gonna have those hinges anyhow but then when we got that and we set it up with um, what was it with uh, dust extraction and everything and I thought about all those times we were setting up that stinking drill press. With the 35 millimeter cup hinge, uh, man, we just walk over there and just start knocking out our doors. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, everybody in our area is coming over and using a hinge boring machine. And I'm like, hello, fuck a door, fuck a door, dude. And that was still dirt cheap for them. But you charged them, right? Hell yeah. I was gonna say. And then guess what they said? A couple of them. Oh, we'll go get the, we'll go get our own. I go go for it. Yeah. You know, they weren't like, but the thing is, is anytime something could save us money. Now, right before I got, I moved out of there and moved up here to Indiana to work for Festool, Mikey and I were actually looking at a, a huge Brant edge band. We were going to drop some serious coin on this, but guess what? It would have saved us a boatload of time. Yeah. And yeah. for us, it was time because time, we were limited to what, how many hours him and I could put in. It was just the two of us. And, well, and if in, we a, could, in a shop, yeah, time is money. It's always money. So if you can yeah. save that, go beg, borrow, and steal to mm-hmm. get the right machinery in your pro shops. 
Hey, yeah. can I can I flip this completely 180? Yep. No. No. Okay, I'm gonna do it because no. you're not in charge of me. Um. <laughs> so, so we're talking about like I, I think I think we've driven that point home, right? Like Ben, you're definitely when you were describing, you know, like hey, I'm in the middle of something, and if I had this tool, it would make things a lot easier for me. Like that is exactly what I was talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what? If you're on a project and like, what would make the biggest difference? That's the next tool you should buy, period. Nothing else. That's it. Um, same thing but, with but you, see, Sedge. But, you know, but, like, but my problem was is that I wasn't thinking past just that project. You don't need to. You know. No, 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 no. But for, for me, it did because that's how I ended up with a bunch of tools that I never used. Is because it's like, how can I save time on this one particular project? It like, you know, buying a track saw was the smartest decision I ever did. Because it saved so much time on projects after the one that I was trying mm-hmm. to make. And so that's the point that I was trying to, to go with it is that, you know, saving time is good as long as you're saving time on multiple things. But if you're just trying to save time on like one project, mm, right. that would no, be the I, best decision. You know, I, 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 think like, it, I, I think I don't it, want people to have that buyer's remorse uh, of, you know, they go out and buy this one tool that they just – don't ever have a use for anymore. That's just a waste of money, you know? Well, I, I think it boils more down because that, that, that's a, you make a very valid point because you're right. If, if you're building custom work and you're building something different every time, you know, I can understand what you're talking about. Like a scroll saw would make this so much easier and then you bought one and then you're like, well, I never use it again. And so I, I think that's, that's a legitimate problem and that's going to happen no matter what, right? Because you might build that project and think that that's going to be the next project that everybody's requesting. So therefore you bought that tool. But you know, I, I'm not thinking of like, I look at a scroll saw and I think of that more as like a, a small ticket item, a small, you know, when I, when I think of like, I never get asked, you know, small ticket items like that. It's always, I have this big tool, this big tool, this big tool. What's the next big tool I need to buy? Mm. And I think that's really the better topic of conversation because there's always going to be accessories and stuff that you buy. But let's, let's flip this completely opposite. And the other big thing that I get is, you know, the, the, this kind of goes in line with the same topic really, but it goes along with hobbyist versus professional and letting that dictate your tool purchases. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is somebody saying, you know, Hey Ben, you're, you're really in the festival and here I, my name is Jason Bent and I'm getting into woodworking and I built a couple tables. I built a couple cabinets, you know, I've built a, you know, a, you know, bench for my house. And I built this, I built that. I'm really thinking about getting a domino, right? And so that's, that's the other side of this that I get a lot of questions about. I'm a hobbyist. Can I justify the cost of that tool? Right. And <laughs> so that's one thing that I also want, because I think that falls directly in line with this because hobbyists are like, well, do I really need a joiner? Do I really need a bandsaw? But I know I need one because I'm not a real woodworker if I don't have one. No, yeah. The, the conversation. Reason to buy something. Right, but the conversation kind of goes the same. I don't care if you're a hobbyist. I don't care. I don't care what you are. However, you decide to spend your money because you're spending it on tools that make you happy when you're working on stuff. That that's what you should buy, right? So, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when, well, you know, I I mean a domino would really help, and I'm just a hobbyist. Well, who cares? Is, is it going to make your process in the shop more enjoyable? This goes back to last podcast conversation yeah. where oh, people the, are yeah, chasing yeah. this perfection and you're like, are you enjoying it? 
right? Yeah. If you're going out there and building something and you're not enjoying it because you're like, man, if only I had this one tool, but I'm a hobbyist, I can't justify it. No, the fact that you're a hobbyist and you want to enjoy what you're doing, that's the only justification that you need. I, I never want someone to to have the experience that I had where I walk into my wood shop and I'm like, I have a lot of crap that I don't use. Like when I walked, there were, there's a point to where, and this is whenever I was in woodworking years ago, um, when I had Valamay designs, not been Marshall designs. And so I like walked into my wood shop and like I had crap everywhere. And I mean like every surface was covered with stuff. And I was like, I can't even, I can't even work in this because I have so much stuff that I don't even use or, you know, so I, I never want somebody, a listener, uh, to go through that experience of, you know, they look at their shop and they have a little bit of regret over some of their purchasing habits. And so that, that was the, the wisdom that I want to kind of impart to anyone listening to this, which is, okay, the three of us have been doing this for a while. You know, we all have different backgrounds. And so it's like, hey, what is your thought process whenever you're going for that next tool? You know? Hey, guys. Um I got a I got a question for both of you, Jason. I I know your shop. Eleven well. inches. Okay, very nice. Okay, uh, do you have a scroll saw? No. Ben, do you still have your scroll saw? No, I sold it. Okay. Next question. Do you think that's a pro tool or a hobbyist tool? Depends on what you're building. With Depends it. on what you're building, and because it is indispensable in my shop, I use it for making templates, and I am fairly decent accurate with it yes you can use a bandsaw i have that but man when i'm doing some tight some tight oh, two totally forms, different things yeah but i'm going to tell you what i i will never pat with my scroll saw i've i'm on my third one uh but i've had this third one for probably 20 years do you know who and, lizzie uh from house of timber is yes i do she's so she's I met, her, I met her at rubio that, she did go to that. That's right. Um, she she's she's not the one that did your sign, right? No, that's my friend um, Addie from uh, Georgia. But she also does scroll saw stuff. Um, but no, she makes those signs. Like that's her business. Yeah. And without that tool, that that is the most I, indispensable tool in her shop. So, like, I totally I, agree with you. I I use it all the time. Like I said, for templates. I I don't do scroll saw work. You know, all the fret work. But boy, I just I just did these bosaw frames out to replicate that antique one, and it's indispensable. I made but I automatically make templates so I can make multiples. This goes this goes back though. That's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because this goes back to what Ben was saying is that it's an impossible question to answer because it completely yep. depends on what you're doing. Yep. Yeah. You know, um, and, she, and that's and that's she makes amazing oh. things with a scroll saw. She like that that is the tool in her shop that is the yeah. most. And for me, there's no place for it in my shop. That doesn't okay. mean it's not a valuable tool, but that is what she yep. created her business off of, and she's very, very good at it. Absolutely. It's, so it's... let me let me ask you guys this then. Is there any tool that you have right now that's in your shop that you either re regret purchasing or that you – if you could sell it right now, you could. Do you have yep. any tools like that? Absolutely. What about you, Sedge? I have, a, I have a tool on Craigslist right now. Um, that I bought many years ago. Why I used it. Me? I love it. But I've upgraded it. Mm -hmm. So this is, is an older this is an older model. 
Um, huh? Stop keeping me hanging. What is it? Oh, it's uh, my uh, Veritas um, um, sharpening system. It uses uh, sandpaper on a disc. It's the original version. It's got a wire wheel on it. Some people put a grinding stone, but it's dry sharpening. They got. It's called. It's a it's little dry. Bit, what? <laughs> sharpening. Okay. You couldn't understand okay. your lingo. But I just got a. I just got a Tormac to try out. Um, I I'm like I said, I'm a hand tool Tormac guy, nice. and I I've sharpened flat. I've sharpened with stones, uh, whether Arkansas or Japanese wet or now, and I do it a lot with uh, sandpaper on glass or sandpaper on uh, a, a really flat surface. And I'm just getting into doing some heavy duty grinding um, uh, to take care of some old plane blades where the flat is a little bit uh, slower. So I'm going to uh, grind them and uh, the Tormac is unbelievable. So. I used to get into heavy-duty grinding back in my younger days at the club. Oh, my God. As I say <laughs> some of this stuff, I just kind of know what Well, you know, I was, hoping, I was hoping that you guys were going to say no, <laughs> that you don't have any tools that you would – because I don't, I don't have any tools that I want to get rid of. Like every <laughs> single tool that I have in my shop, I use it, and like the, no tools go wasted pretty much in my shop. Yeah, but you're in a different okay. scenario though. No, I know, I know. You were in it, you got out of it, you went back into it, and you knew from the mistakes that you had made before. Um, yeah. I, I don't... I got, a, I got another one for you. I don't... I use it. I lend it out more now, than, but boy, when I need it, I need it. I'll never get rid of my Sawzall. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, do I... And, and I'm looking over here, and I have it up... I Actually, up top, I get a Dremel. That's true. Okay? I have a Sawzall, oh, too. A Dremel, that's a really good example. But guess what? I'm when you need it, it's very handy. It's there. If I yeah. need a, a bolt that I got to cut off or something, you know, yeah, I could. I have an angle grinder, but I don't use that much anymore. I might get rid of it because. If you uh, do, let me know. Okay. I mean, I got Wait, is it an AGC? No, 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 no. Oh, then I don't want it. No. Okay, so, so Sedge mentioned earlier how he, he kind of makes himself wait pretty much before he buys oh, a yeah. new tool. Right, so Jason, what do you do when you don't have companies that are just throwing tools at your face? When when you actually have to have sad, to buy something. Sad because everybody thinks that. Um, so I did a live the other night, and somebody had asked me like, "Any, uh, what's your next big tool purchase, or any any big things on?" The, and I'm like, "No, I, I don't. I can't think of anything." And I felt that way for a very long time. You know, the Harvey bandsaw. Um, yeah, they sent it to me, but I'm sponsored by Harvey, right? That, that's I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to hide it, but I got that for a reason, right? I wanted more capacity than the Powermatic that I had, and now I have it. But in terms of other big tools, like I, there's nothing that I, I feel I have a need for. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not, glad we're recording this. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> you are now on yeah. Oh, he's clearly tape. bad. Yeah. That's going to be so hard to edit. But hold on. You didn't oh. let me finish. So with me, so when I was coming up in all of this, every extra dollar I had, I put back into my shop, every single extra dollar. And I was one of those people. I was buying a bunch of stuff that I thought I needed. And, I, and you know, Ben, you talking about like you're a very minimalist woodworker. It actually makes me want to start going through my drawers and like clearing stuff out that I know I'm not going to use because there is plenty of things in my shop that I have not touched since I've been in this shop, which is over a year. Uh, and even in my previous shop. 
and it does give me it does give me a little bit of motivation to kind of go through that and get rid of some of these things. But you know, there are tools to, to go back to your original question. You know, while I'm not looking at any major tool purchases, is there tools in my shop that you said that I do you regret buying? I don't know if there's necessarily anything that I regret, any major tool that I regret. However, there are major tool purchases that I've made that I could live without. Mm -hmm. And for me, that item is the drum sander. And people like cannot believe the, that the bane of your existence that I say that stuff. But I mean, it, it's while it is extremely helpful to have in some, it's a luxury tool. It's a luxury tool. It's a luxury tool. And I can do a lot of the same things with other means, but at the same time, it does make certain tasks a little bit faster, but it, could I live without it? Yes. Could I live without a drill press? Yes. Could I live without a miter saw? Yes. Um, there's a lot of things that I could live without, but that doesn't mean I don't want them in my shop. And for me, I have a very hard time of letting things go. Mm. Um, the yeah, TS-70... I'm, I'm so quick with it. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't need it. Bye. See, for I, I, I have a hard time. And, and Sedge, I'm glad Sedge brought up that point because this is something that I wanted to make sure we talked about. But Sedge said, like, I'll never get rid of a Sawzall. I didn't even have one until I just recently bought one. And it's an invaluable tool when I'm doing home renovation stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to use it in my shop. And I'll probably use it maybe 10 more times, you know, while I live in this house, maybe doing renovation stuff. But it's very good at what it does. Same thing with the drum sander. But right now it just takes up a bunch of space. And when I'm looking around and going, how can I save space? What's the first tool that would go? Well, for me, it'd be the drum sander. But again, I don't regret buying the tool. Um, if anything, I wish I could downsize it you know, to get the, the 1632, but it's just one of those things where it's nice to have, but for me, it's hard to let go. And a really good example of that is the TS 75. Mm -hmm. I already sold the TS 55. I sold it to a local guy here. And because I don't it's need like it anymore because that, I'm using the just TSCK. in case that one time you need that 75. Exactly. But here's yeah. the reality though. I have, the only reason I bought the TS 75 is one, because I have a disgusting, two reasons. I have a disgusting sickness with festival green. Right, That's true. which I think anybody can anybody can relate to. We're all guilty. And I was cutting a two inch thick walnut countertop for a friend of mine, and I overheated the motor basically because I was trying to make a full cut depth pass, you know, using the standard cross cut blade. Cross cut blade. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I need a TS seventy five because it's one more reason to buy another festival product, right? So I bought it, and at the time I had my little MFT card. So I kept my TS 55 at the MFT card and I was using the 75 at my assembly table. When in reality, I never had to do that. Since I've moved into the shop, I've not, I've not turned that thing on one time. And there's a part of me that like, I need to get rid of it. There's no point. Yeah. Everything I need to do, well, I'll just borrow yours. Everything I need to do, <laughs> I can do with that new TSTK. And because I am not, I don't, I don't keep material thick enough to need that in my shop. I don't do anything where I need that depth ever. Eight quarter is the biggest lumber I ever have in my shop. I'm not doing client work. This track saw can handle everything, but I'm having a very hard time letting it go. Because I have it's it. Like a, it's, it's like a fear thing where you're yes. like. As soon as I let like, it go, I'll need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like getting rid of a getting rid of a jig, right? You take two or three hours to make a jig. Yeah. Right. And I don't know anything it. about that. I'll buy them before and you, I ever build. And you, oh, well, you have a, right. <laughs> and, and then and then you pass it. Templates. Oh, do I? Then you pass that wood. Oh, pass the pass the table saw. <laughs> pass your router, 
And then do you throw the jig away? No, you put it up on the wall. I throw it away. I'll make it again later. No way. So <laughs> I got I, I want to go back a little bit. And you said, you were talking about that drum sander, okay? And he said, oh, I could get rid of my miter saw. How the hell can you do that? No. Uh, I could live without a miter saw. You can You can take the miter saw away from my cold, dead fingers. Yeah, yeah. and it's how not- about... It's how not that I have anything this? against that miter saw. I'm just saying if I'm thinking of tools that I could absolutely live without. I just love it. And get by. But I mean, I could say, here, here I'm going to blow your mind. Mix. I could get rid of my table saw too. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because I, I my assembly one. table. I, I can do that. Yeah, but my assembly table, the way that I built my assembly table, serves every single purpose of all of those machines with the exception of the dados, which I could do with a router. Now, that's a whole nother conversation. And I think that yeah. that should be a whole nother topic for the show, but mm-hmm. yep. it goes back to, you, you can do a lot with the tools you have. Just going with going back to the, the argument of the domino. I don't need the domino to make those. You're right, you don't. However, the domino does that task much faster. Same thing with the table saw, same thing with the miter saw, same thing with all those things. So, I, I have an argument for that, but go ahead, go ahead, Sedge. I got one. First thing I bought from my home shop that I know I didn't have in Festool, because I'm lousy drilling holes. As I bought a drill press, I can't live without a drill pl- drill press. You can't say it either. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, I mean, it's just those are staples. I think everybody needs in a shop. You know what's funny though? You know the but see again, you think that's a staple that everybody needs in the shop because it's I, it's dependent on your I, experiences, what you do. However, hold on, let me finish this, Ben. No. It's what, yes, it's what you do. <laughs> you know, the only time, 99% of the time I use a drill press, you know what I use a drill press for? Cabinets. Drilling. That's it? No, I'm just kidding. Drilling uh, the hinge holes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. Mike, now. mine's set up with a five millimeter tab right now. If I'm using a hinge that has a five millimeter tab, I go over to my drill press and it's set. I don't have to do anything with it. So you can drill perfectly at 90 with a hand drill. I don't use a lot of screws. No, no, I'm not talking about screws. I'm talking about drilling holes, like with a force in a bit. Oh, I can drill holes all day long, Sitch. Okay, drilling perpendicular, perfect. Are we talking about woodworking still? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This podcast is awesome. This is a family podcast. Come on. I didn't say what I was talking about. Get your mind. I'm going to have to change the, I'm going to have to change the, the explicitly rating on these. Again, yes, but I mean, there's not like, am I perfect? Absolutely not. Of course not. However, with the majority of the things that I'm using a Forstner bit for, again, it just goes back to the type of woodworking that you're doing, which is why it's impossible to answer this question on what tool somebody needs. Well, and and I'll say this edge, like there have been many times where I was like, man, I wish I had a drill press right now, but I can't, I can't justify the purchase of it because I don't need that much. There have been many times where I was like, man, a drill press would be so great in this particular application, but I don't do this enough to need a drill press. It just would have been nice to have. If well, I, I mean, had like, like a wicked neighbor with one. But. Here, here's a good example. I mean, you saw the – Sedge, I didn't have it in this shop, but before I moved, you remember the Powermatic that I had. Yeah. I had the big Powermatic mm-hmm. PM whatever, 2100 or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And – Great drill press would serve every purpose I could ever throw at a drill press. So when I moved, I'm like, get rid of it. Because one, I don't want to move it. And two, I don't ever use it for the capacity that it is. So I downgraded. I wouldn't say downgraded in cost because that damn benchtop Nova cost as much as I sold the Powermatic for. But um, I don't find myself with a need for more capacity. You know what I mean? 
Um, but again, like I said, it just goes back to like the way that you do things are different from the way that I do things. The way that I do things and you do things are different than the way Ben does things. And which, you know, which is certain... why, which is why I wanted to to really for the three of us to to really nail down like fundamentally. What does your process look like for when you buy a new tool? Like said, you you said how you kind of make yourself wait, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Jason, like, what is you know? I think your 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 staple is like, what is going to make the biggest impact right now, right? Like that's the. Would you say that's the thread that kind of makes or, or yes. guides your your tool purchases? Like, what well, is going to give me the biggest? It's what it, it, it did guide my tool purchases when I was doing custom work. And there, there's another key aspect that we haven't discussed. And that is, where are you in your, you know, woodworking process? Because for me back then, that's a very valid reason. Like what's going to make the biggest impact for me right now? I was trying to build a tool collection. So my ask, my, the way I look at tools right now, which is what most people that are asking me that question, they're in that I'm serious about woodworking. I like it. I'm trying to build more tools. I want to get more serious about they're, this. What's they're next? diving deeper into the hobby. Exactly. So they're trying yeah. to build yeah. that tool collection. And then they'll get to a point where like, for me now, I'm not scour, like if I'm scouring, you know, stores, I'm looking for like small little things that I think might be helpful for a specific task that don't cost a lot of money. <laughs> and I think everybody will eventually get to that point. You're, um, you're just I trying to move have the major tool purchases. Yeah, you're you're just trying to move a yard at a time, right? Correct. Towards the post. Whereas people that are just now starting out, they're trying to they're trying to get forth and down. You know, they're they're trying to move big distance over. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I would say is, this doesn't really. I don't think I'm the best candidate for what I'm about to say, but you get to a point. I, I never encourage people like, oh, you're getting into woodworking. Cool. Go out and buy a saw stop table saw. That should be your first table saw. <laughs> I am yeah. a buy once cry once kind of guy, but I'm also a learn how to use the damn tool and then buy once, try once, right? Buy a cheap table saw and figure out how to use the damn thing. Buy a cheap joiner, buy a cheap planer, figure out how to operate the machine. Then when you want to get more serious about it and get a larger tool, then that's when I tell you, don't, don't go, okay, well, I'm going to go from, from this four inch bench top to a six inch rigid. No, don't do that. Go from the four inch bench top to an eight inch floor standing if you have the space. You know why? And get a good brand because you won't have to worry about it again after that. I tell everybody um, when they ask me, um, should I get this from Festool versus another brand? And I'll be, I'll say, listen, it's a few bucks more, maybe more than a few bucks more, but it's worth it. Save your money. You don't need it right away. But what should I get? You know, I get, I get this on a daily basis. Hey, I own this from Festool. What should I get for my next purchase? Then I ask, Hey, what are you what are you doing? What are you building? And someone will say, and I'll go back to what you guys were talking about about the domino. I'll tell everybody there's a lot of other ways to skin the cat, okay? But if you, I would say buy the domino because it'll make your woodworking, joinery more pleasurable. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be that easy, but it is. The domino is the game changer. When and he, when I people tell ask every- me, Sedge, when they ask me that, they say, should I get this festival or this other brand? You know what I respond to them with? I slap them in the face. Is like, that how other dare brand you fest- mention? 
I say, is that other brand festival? <laughs> and they say, no. I say, okay, so no. I think everybody listening to this podcast knows I work for Festool. You do? But, but hey, I give me have, some free tools. I will have you work a for Festool. I will have a disclaimer on this. My first set of Festool was purchased by me in my shop in Fort Lauderdale. I had no affiliation with them. Whatever. Okay, you want to whatever. hear whatever? All the tools here in this shop I've bought as well that a festival. That's true. Whatever. That's true. They gave you everything. But do I get to test everything for free? Yeah. That's yeah. You yeah. Do. It's all a part of getting trained up. All right, so. Oh, go ahead, Titch. Nope, I'm good. I just. So. I, I, whatever. I'm, I'm coming on, on two sides of this where. I was in the quote unquote professional side of it. And I don't even want to say that I was more in the commerce side of it, of woodworking. Right. And now I'm in the, in the hobbyist side of it, but I also make content about it. And so, you know, I, I said it earlier where I, I never want someone to regret that the tool purchases that they're making. And so, you know, you guys kind of shared your, your, you know, guidelines that you kind of give yourselves for for purchasing tools. And so I, I wanted to kind of give mine, right? So one of the first things that I think about whenever I am looking at buying a new tool is the first kind of like guide that I have for myself is I, I will only start looking for a new tool when my, when the capabilities of my skill set exceed the limitations of the tool that I'm trying to use. So I only went and purchased a domino when the joinery techniques that I was trying became limited with the tools that I had at the time, right? Like I wanted to do more as far as joinery goes and what I wanted to do, what I was capable of doing and what I wanted to do was limited by the tools that I had at the time present, right? And so I was like, okay, now I'm ready to buy a domino because what I want to do, I can't do with the current tools that I have now. I've already, uh, I've already um, perfected the, the techniques with the tools that I have. And I want to do more. I can't because... Perfected the techniques. <laughs> and so that's... that's and, and really that goes into like upgrading, right? Like, uh, whenever, whenever it came time for me to, to, when I bought my TS 75, um, which I bought twice, all of my festival, I bought twice with the exception of my VAC. It's a weird flex. Yeah. Um, but no, that just goes to show how much I love festival. I, I bought all of them twice or I bought all of them again after I sold them the first time. Um, like I could only get so far with a circular saw and a, a a straight edge, or I could only get so far with just a table saw. I was like, I I want cleaner edges. I want more parallel rips, and the only way that I can do that is if I get a track saw. That's whenever I decided to buy that next tool, and I do that with all of my tools now. When it comes to sanders, saws, drills, like whatever. It's when I know that I can get better results, but I just can't get it with the tools that I have now. Um, and the next one is, can I can I get this tool cheap right now? So like if it's like something brand new, like if you're just now getting into woodworking, don't go out and buy everything new. 
buy things that are used, especially locally. Because if you're able to buy it locally, that means that there's a little bit of a demand for it. And let's, like, with wood turning, right? I bought a lathe. Just because I'd, I'd never turned anything, I didn't know what the experience was like, I wanted to try it out to see if I liked it. I didn't like it. But I, I bought the lathe. I turned a few things. I'm like, it's just, it's not for me. Like, it's not getting its hooks in me. And I, I sold it a few months after I got it. You know, but... I, I bought it used and I sold it used. I, I think I I spent twenty bucks total after buying it and then reselling it. I, I lost twenty bucks. But I got the experience of knowing, hey, I, I really don't like wood turning. You know, so again if you're getting just not getting into woodworking, try to buy used first, again depending on your financial situation. Because you may start down this path and then you may hit a point where you're like, I really don't like this. You know, or maybe I just don't like this particular part of it. You know, maybe you're more about uh, CNC work or laser cutting or hand tools only or power tools only. You know, just the point being is just try it, try things first, but at, at, a, at a smaller scale so that you're not over committing yourself financially to going down this rabbit hole. Because there was this guy on the Fessel Owners Group forum, and I, I for the life of me, have tried to find this post for the last two years. And this it was an old post. It was like, I don't know, ten years ago. And this doctor had spent like thirty thousand dollars on Festool. The post was, hey, I'm selling all of my stuff. Because he dropped thirty K on a whole bunch of expensive tools, but the guy didn't have the skill set to use it. So he thought that expensive tools were gonna make him a good woodworker when it's really the opposite. It's it's good skills that make you a well, good that's woodworker. Not true. No, that's not true. You buy the expensive tools and you're a professional immediately. It's a fact. <laughs> it's science, Ben. Do you know how many people I have, Ben, I have heard that story so many times over the years. I have seen it. People think that they want or they would like to, when they retire to be a woodworker yeah. and do woodworking. So they buy for like two years. They retire at 65 and they sell everything at six when they're sixty six because they didn't realize, mm. boy, there's a lot of work in this woodworking. Yeah, well, it's ninety percent work, ten percent wood. It's interesting exactly. that you brought that up because I just saw on the festival owners group a post. You may have seen it too because I know you're on there. A guy in Ohio that's like selling his entire festival shop. Mm -hmm. Like every tool he has, it's all festival stuff. He had a CMS and I. If he doesn't sell the entire shop as a whole, I'm, I might. If there's hit a him CMS up. for sale, I would definitely pick it up. I love my CMS. Anyway, I'm sorry we, we interrupted you. Fin finish the thoughts. But so that that particular point goes back to my first guideline, which is I don't buy up in tool until I am really good at using the tools that I have now, and I want to be able to do more. I want to achieve more. Um, and and you know the third thing is is I do exactly what Sedge does. If if there's a tool that I really want, even if it's a really small one. And I'm like, man, I could be so much quicker if I bought this. I mm -hmm. still wait. I still wait to get it. Like, I don't impulse purchase anything anymore. I research everything. I watch videos. Um, there's this douchebag on YouTube named Jason Bent. He may or may not have, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we a can huge, edit that to just say A huge DB. what? Were you going to say something? DB. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I heard his videos are fantastic. 
So at the beginning of the podcast, very, you guys, very, you, very here, here's a tool because you just brought it up, Ben. Uh, at the beginning Hey-o. of the podcast. Are you talking about yourself? Sorry. At the beginning of the podcast, you guys said, hey, what are you up to? And I said, yeah, this morning I turned a couple handles. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out and buy handles. I'm going to turn them. I turn on yeah. my lathe when I need it. I'm a utility turner. And yeah. I don't – this 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 um, lathe that I have, I'm looking at it right now. It's probably 30 years old. It's an old Delta. Parts are broken on it. I can't justify going to get a new tool because guess what? It works. Yeah. And this morning, within an hour, I had two black palm uh, uh, blank that I had for about 20 years that I finally turned out to two beautiful handles for the, the bow saw I'm building. And you know I, what you I, need? I, I love you need a Harvey lathe. making things. Yeah, I do. I'd like Jason, to do you have any affiliate links for that? Yeah, yeah. You know Harvey, you're listening to this? I could use a <laughs> Harvey uh, lathe. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's there when I need it. Yeah. And, and if, you know, sometimes at Christmas, uh, I know somebody who I, I see what they're looking at during throughout the year. And I'm like, oh, I can turn that. I'll just turn it. I'll just turn something really quick for them for Christmas, you know, and like maybe a tool handle or something like that. So I just I I it's really tough to pot with tools that, you know, are essential that you need when you need them. Yeah. Okay. Like, an os- do you guys turn on your? Oh, I'm looking over here in my shop. Do you guys turn on? Uh, you guys have oscillating benchtop uh, spindle sanders? Jason yes. did. You still have yours, Jason? Yeah. I did. I had a. Uh, I had an old Delta. I turned it on. I hadn't turned it on in years. Uh, last year, and the thing smoked on me. <laughs> yeah, but you have the rigid too, don't you? But then I went out and I needed it. So I went and got the rigid. So you know, I was doing a template. Now, uh, I've also just cut these bowsaw frame handles, and I'm going to be using it. So uh, do I use it every month, right. every two months? No, but it's there when I need it because it's an for me it's an essential that, tool. That's a that's a good point. Like mine's completely out of the way; it doesn't take up any space. And I've looked at it a bunch lately because I haven't used it since I've been in the new shop until uh, I use those Uscribe jigs and. I cut my filler strips, and when I when I do my filler strips, I like to put a bevel, a back bevel on the back side of them, yep. so that clean edge is like right up against the wall. So I put it at like a three or five, <clears throat> three or five degree, uh, put the table at a three or five degree bevel, and I just sanded back to that line, and it mm-hmm. worked perfectly. I mean, it the, the scribes turned out fantastic, but that was that perfect opportunity where it was like, holy cow, like I'm so glad I had this. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's why like, you know, Ben has the one year rule and I I have a very, I have a hard time for that because it's like when you do need it and I know me, Mm -hmm. I know me, if I get, let's say I get rid of the TS-75, this is what would happen. I'm telling you, I get rid of the TS-75, I come into it, I come into a scenario where I need a TS-75, I'm going straight back to the store and trying to buy one. No, you're going to say, Sedge, I need to borrow it. That's true. I'll just use yours and I'd probably break it. I mean, I got an upcoming project where I didn't have a Domino XL. Oh, and I just I just bought one. I I have a. Uh, what about that project that you needed the Contouro for, and you had to borrow mine? Chum. Absolutely. Chum. I uh, I grabbed your. Has uh, never worked the same since. Yeah, you're full of it. I cleaned it up. It wasn't working right. I, uh, yeah, it actually has cobwebs on it right now. Yeah, I'm, but but feel terrible. I'm that. By the way, I I want to let you guys know my next purchase at Festool is a Contouro. 
I love I can't mine. Work, I I cannot work. It's amazing. God, I love it. It is honestly. I don't have anything at the. It's like my no. favorite tool when I use it. Oh my god! Yeah, it's awesome. so awesome it. to use. It's so awesome. When I do my kitchen, I'm going to, I'm going to edge band everything instead of hardwood edge banding. I've I've made projects out of out of plywood when I could have used like uh, raw lumber just because I wanted to have an excuse to use so the contour. Awesome. So much fun to use. <laughs> It works, right? Oh my god! I think it's it's like the whole system. It's so awesome. Anyway, so I love it. So you know, again, going back to the main point, you know, you you have to make that choice, or you have to make that decision of what tool you need next. And the last the last bit of advice that I'll give to to the, our listeners on how to decide which tool to use next is whenever I'm like doing a lot of projects and I, I do think to myself, man, I wish I had this man. I wish I had that. Like I write those things down. I, I made an Instagram post about this a few months ago where, um, you know, you, you tally up how many times you, you've told yourself, I wish I had a drill press. And after a, a few months, you know, or weeks or whatever, you know, and, and you've said to yourself after every project, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. You're probably not going to regret that tool purchase because you've already had several instances where you needed it. And, or, you know, you said, you've said to yourself, if I had this tool, I could have done this better or I could have done it quicker or whatever the case is, you know? Um, and, and that like, I, I can't remember the last time I bought a tool. I think it's been over a year since I bought a tool. Now, granted, I am not making as much as anybody else is. Like it took me seven months to make a coffee table, you know? So I, I think that if, if I were making more, uh, on a daily basis, like you guys are, that my, my techniques would probably be a little bit different, but that I think fundamentally it's still sound. And, and that kind of will hopefully help you, uh, the listener from, either overbuying in tools like Sedge has, has seen people do, or like I've seen people do, um, or even myself I've done. Um, because it, it kind of goes back to the point, Jason, you brought up earlier about what we talked about in the previous podcast of, you know, you want to be buying tools or doing things that still make you happy that, that you still enjoy the process of woodworking. You know, if it comes to mm-hmm. a point to where it's like, you're just no longer liking what you're doing or you're you have so much negative energy or connotations about what you're doing you're not making the right decisions on what tool to get next and so there are you know different layers of techniques that you can apply to prevent you from buying the wrong tool next mm-hmm. so that's that's what I use to buy tools and like I said you know there are no tools that I have that I regret having you know I have the Conturo that I bought it was the most expensive tool I have at the moment, but man, do I love that thing. I love it. I even love the smell of it, you know? <laughs> I do, man. I love the smell of all pest tool things. Oh That's very God. true. <sighs> you guys make me laugh. <laughs> but do you guys have anything else you want to pitch on the, on the topic before we kind of close it out? No, I, I think the horse has been beat enough. Yeah. Jason, I have a hateful comment, but I want to know if you have any hateful comments that you want you to do? share. You do? 
I do. And if you have any ready, you can go to read them because I got to pull it up. Everyone, Everyone hates, hates Jason. Jason. And you've seen the the Patreon comment. I think yes, the voice that was needs John, to come back. Texas Yankee Carpentry. I think the voice needs to come back. It, it's going to. So he says, John Texas Yankee Carpenter said, I. It reminded him of the from the first episode. It reminded him of uh, what was his name from um, Dodgeball. Ben Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller from Dodgeball. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. That's right. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to read one while Ben's looking up his. So the world hates Jason, and tonight apparently the world hates Jason and Ben. All right, Ben, are you ready? Go ahead, buddy. This was uh, 21 hours ago. Man, my subs are jumping up. I have some really good ones, actually, but there's a ton from the metric video, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna forego those. I don't even respond to them anymore. But here it is. This is from the simple chair build. This is the one where I built that little uh, nesting chair with Jay Bates templates. This was the comment. Oh, this is so hard for me to do with the voice. All right. Templates, miter saw, router table, jointer, bandsaw, drum sander, planer. How about I just buy the chairs? Might save me two thousand dollars. <laughs> Troll. Unbelievable. Unbel- like, like, serious. Really? Like, I can't. You want to talk about a pet peeve of mine? That is when I do the, the ten tools everybody should own. Hmm. I did that tool, uh, that tool video. At no point. No, no, I actually, I take that back. A better example, five tools to buy early on. That was the name of the video. I didn't say buy these tools before you buy anything else. It was these five tools I wish I would have gotten sooner because they made a big difference in my shop. Biscuit joiner was one of them, for example. I can't tell you how many comments I got from people that were like, oh yeah, yeah, right. Because I'd buy a biscuit joiner before I would buy a table saw. What an idiot. Like, <laughs> seriously? And because I titled the video Simple Chair Build. Simple Chair Build. Yeah, it's simple. And it's assuming that you have some common tools in your shop. God, I hate YouTube. I hate <laughs> YouTube lately. Ben, while you're finding yours, I'm going to find another one. I've, now I'm, I've got now it. I'm I have it. Right, go ahead. I, I have. The All world right, so this... hates Ben. So this, oh man, this is almost a year ago to the day. So this is in my video, uh, six safe options of haul wood when all you own is a car. Okay. <laughs> so this this guy says, number one problem, you own a Prius. Go move to California, hippie. Wow. <laughs> what? I, wow. I didn't know that hippies were in Toyota's demographic for Priuses. Yeah. Jeez, I didn't man. know you were. Like, in all man, fairness, I didn't I've know you were a tree years. hugger. <laughs> Golly, man. He doesn't even know about my other channel either. Oh my my all electric vehicle channel either. Um, that, that's totally not the reason why I own a Prius, though, buddy. But thanks for asking. Clearly, he hasn't seen my other videos where I say why I have a Prius. Uh, 
But it's just like, I don't know. I, I hope that that helps him feel better for the day. I always yeah. just say, thanks for sharing. It's No, I told him, no, I said, tell me, I said, tell me how you really feel. He hasn't, I, it's been, I it's been four days and I'm, and I'm waiting for his response and still so, nothing yet. So I actually had a second comment that I was going to read today. Um, I had it screenshotted and everything. And matter of fact, you know, I'm going to read, I'm, I'll tell you what the comment was. I'm not going to read it, but, and I won't do it in a stupid voice, but the comment was, so I released a Harvey uh, bandsaw assembly video yesterday. I had no intention on doing it. Harvey decided not to put it on their YouTube channel. So they, they said that I could put it on mine. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to put it on there. It'll help some people out. Well, of course, immediately. And the funny thing is that video is actually doing better than most of the other videos I posted recently. But I, it was just a quick overview of how I went about setting up the bandsaw. And somebody wrote a comment and it said, is this an honest unboxing or was this a free tool? <laughs> and I was like, how does that make was, a difference? <laughs> I was so blown away because I'm like, what in the hell is this person asking? And it's I was an honest unboxing. Yeah. I responded I'm and gonna, I said, I'm going to well, unbox this dishonestly. Yeah. So I responded, <laughs> I responded. I was so blown away. Right. And there was a lot of like back-ended like screw use comments like right off the bat. It was really weird. But um, I, I just don't think people understand how like advertising works. Like, yes, like Harvey sponsors me. I'm very open about that. I put it was a paid promotion, even though they didn't pay me for that video specifically, but I did get the tool for free. You know, so like <laughs> it was just to show like, hey, here's the steps I took. And is this an honest unboxing? So I wrote back and I said, and this this is a really good example of how you never Honestly, really know. No, it's not. Yeah, no. You never really know. You can't tell by people's texts. No. Right? Like what their intent no, is. There's, there's no context. And this is a perfect example of that. Because I wrote back and I said, yes, this was a free tool as Harvey is a sponsor of mine. However, I think I put something like, I don't know how I could have been any more honest or dishonest with an unboxing. <laughs> and so then, of course, he responded and clarified, you know, which was fine. And he was like, I guess I, I wrote that wrong now that I look at it. I should have said, you know, were you doing this just because you got a free tool or did you actually put some thought into what bandsaw you wanted next? And I'm like, OK, so that that's just a really good example of how you, you never really know. But sometimes you just know. You know what I mean? Well, well, I mean, I mean, he wants me to move to California, so there's there's no lack of context yeah, there. Shut up, hippie. Nobody I mean, cares what you think. You're you, off this podcast. Up the Iron tree 79. Hugger, if tree if you can give me some uh, some neighborhood recommendations, I'd really appreciate. You probably it. use patchouli oil too, don't you? Hippie. What? Patchouli yeah. oil? What? Don't don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Do you want that to be an honest or a dishonest answer? No. All right, so we, should we wrap this thing up? <laughs> yes. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. my battery's got to get to sleep. Die. It's like four hours past his bedtime. Oh, sure. <laughs> 8.30 on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got to get up at, at four so he can go down four. to the gym and do some squats. <laughs> oh, Sedge, you saw my post about I, uh, I keep taking a lot of my old firewood and using the HL850 with it. Oh, I love that, dude. Dude. Oh man, that 
That stuff came up really square too. I'm really proud. Yep. I'm gonna um Unsung Hero HL eight fifty. Hundred percent. I'm probably gonna can... turn that into a tabletop. Cool. Mm-hmm. Can you guys hear me right now? Cool. No, All we right. can't hear you, Jason. I was just wondering if my mute actually worked. Oh. oh. Let's, Sorry. Let's right, do you want me to close this thing out? Let's yeah, go ahead, it. buddy. Am I the closer? Closer. Sure. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode <laughs> of the Green Suitors podcast. Uh, if you want, if you guys want to support one of our... Wait, 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 wait. Every Jason. time, Ben, you do this to me. <laughs> Every time. I'm, wait, I'm, wait, I'm wait, so happy with... Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead I'm go ahead. so happy with my Thug Life video that I edited. <laughs> it was fantastic. I spit so my beer awesome. out all over the place. <laughs> it was so awesome. I was sitting there editing. I was like, I'm like, you know, going through our videos and I'm like, I need to pull some really good clips. And so I saw that. I'm like, I'm going to make Jason a Thug Life video. <laughs> Dude, you, you know what else you need to do? Do the when we do the world hates Jason and I'm like reading the comments or whatever, I, I thought about this today. Cause I, I saw the thug life, you know, a little thing and I'm like, Oh, that was really popular on TikTok and, and Instagram. You know what else? There's like this uh, oh, Mexican dude where they do something funny. And this Mexican dude just like, it cl- shows to him. And he's just like laughing. It's just like, ah. <laughs> like forever. It was really popular. We should totally do that after I read one in the comments oh, and you just God. put it on that guy. Uh, oh, I know, I know you're talking about. I know you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about. All right. Let me can I start over again. Yes. Go ahead. Close up. Yes. All okay, right, everybody. Let's hope Ben doesn't interrupt me again during the closing. <sighs> I don't even know where I was going. But uh, if you guys want to support us, you can go over to Patreon and support one of the 74 uh, tiers that we have over there. You can do anything from seven cents all the way to thirteen dollars and twenty-eight cents. It's a really weird structure the way he did that. But, anyways, go over there. <laughs> go over there. Check us out. Uh, Patreon.com. Green Suitors Podcast. You can. Thanks, us you guys. Way. If not, if you guys don't want to support us on Green uh, Green Suitors Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, that's totally fine. Um, what we would ask Free is loaders. that when this, if this is on Apple now, at the time of this recording. When it's on Apple, leave us a review. Uh, we've had some issues trying to get the stuff uploaded to Apple. It'll eventually get there. Um, but leave us a review. Apparently, that helps. That's what everybody says. Do that and share this. Share this with all of your friends. Let's make this thing grow. I know I'm super excited about this. I really enjoy doing it, even though I don't yeah, like either one of the guys that. that are on the podcast with me. But it is what it is. You get that 9%, what, uh, man. Uh, yeah, I do get 9%. Sedge gets one. Whatever. All right. Thanks, you guys. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye. Peace out. Say bye, Sedge. Bye there. I said say bye, Sedge. Bye there. See you later. You're supposed to say bye.